And uh, excited to get to talk to uh, Travis Brown, a man who, um, Travis, first of all, great to have you back on. And I was, uh, I wanted to give you a chance to uh, brag on your wife. This was a, this was some huge news that, that took place just in the last, I don't know, 24 hours to 48 hours, a defense of her doctoral dissertation. I mean, this is big-time stuff, and uh, it's in higher education. Travis, kind of give us a, give her a little praise here uh, on the Matt Mosley Show. And quite honestly, this may be one of the bigger honors she receives. Yeah, uh, you know, as most people have told me today, it's, it's good that someone in the House has uh, at least some common sense or brains. So uh, I, I tend to agree. Um, but, yeah, it's a huge accomplishment. So proud of her. Uh, six years of, of really hard work, and uh, she is now Doc Brown. All right, there she is. In fact, I'm looking on your um, – this must be when she found out. Uh, six years of hard Ph.D. work has produced Dr. Brown. And there you are on Twitter, um, and, and you know, talking about how incredibly proud of your wife. That is very cool. And, I mean, Travis, somewhat humbling for you because as hard a worker as you are and, all you know, you've won some awards yourself, you will never be Dr. Brown, all right? There, nope. will, only, there will only be one Dr. Brown in the family um, unless you probably you may have some relatives that are doctors or something. But still, that is uh, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Ph.D. in higher ed. And uh, now, Travis, what will – what tell me what Dr. Brown will be uh, – doing now with this is this kind of will she i mean will there be any any new moves she makes or will she just she has this and she'll just kind of see where it all leads well uh yeah right now she works in student affairs and okay. uh works with at a&m uh, at a&m and and does uh works with different student organizations kind of advising and helping them uh grow and and thrive and so she'll be doing that at least for the foreseeable future and then uh who knows who knows what opportunities being i don't know what opportunities being a doctor presents i i stumbled through a bachelor of science in journalism so uh i will sit back and enjoy the ride on this one yeah you did there in the uh the schieffer school i believe that uh is the school there at tcu now, by the way, congratulations! TCU won something recently. Oh yeah, it was the Big Twelve Championship in baseball. So we'll give them a, we'll give them their due on that. You cover the Aggies, though. We're talking Aggies with you, and A and M, according to your reporting, they'll get the night game against number three seed Cal State Fullerton, nine p.m. Central first pitch, and uh, that'll be broadcast on ESPN two. Now you're that's going to be that Stanford Regional, Travis. What was the what was the Aggies? You know, usually when they're announced, the team's going to be excited and whoop it up, no matter where they get sent. There was some thought that maybe Stillwater, there might be a different place where the Aggies would end up. What was the initial reaction from the Aggies, from uh, Schloss, the the coach Schlossnagel, and? And the rest of the crew, it, because I, it seemed like you were a bit surprised by that uh, announcement. Yeah, you know, I mean, in years past, for the most part, they kind of try to keep these things a little bit regional. And A and M being a, a team who made it to the uh, 
finals of the SEC, the the the, the very uh, uh, lauded SEC baseball tournaments that they might get that two seed up there in Stillwater. Uh, but that actually went to the the Dallas Baptist Patriots. They're going to be going up there to Stillwater mm-hmm. to face off against Oklahoma State. The Aggies. It's a weird college baseball hosting year because uh, you know anybody who follows college baseball knows some years there can be as many as four regional host sites in the state of Texas. When you look at the, the DBUs and the TCUs and the Texas Techs and the Baylors some years, Texas and Texas A&M and all these schools that have good baseball programs, there's at least a couple. This is actually the first time since 2013 that there isn't a host site in the state of Texas. South Carolina has three this year. Uh, Texas has none. And so you look at the map, uh, the, the the Big 12 and the Pac-12 were both kind of shut out a little bit in this as well. Uh, uh, Oklahoma State's the only Big 12 school hosting this year, and uh, Stanford is the only Pac-12. So they're going to go out west to a regional that the next closest one is Stillwater. Um, and that's interesting. And really uh, uh, blue-blood-rich baseball regional when you look at Stanford, who has, I believe there's like, uh, 45 college world series appearances between the top three seeds uh, in, in this regional between Stanford, Cal state Fullerton uh, and Texas A&M. And like, uh, what was it? Three, like five national titles. So um, it's going to be a fun one. And as Jim Schlossnagel said, it's actually kind of an exciting one because it's that one West coast uh, regional this year. And so when everyone gets home from watching their regional games and are, you know, turning on the TV while they brush their teeth. The, the one regional that's still going to be going is the Stanford regional. Uh, it should get a lot of college baseball eyeballs uh, on it this week. And it, it certainly is good with all the, the, the brand names that are out there too. All right. And uh, the Aggies, as you you were talking about uh, coming in with uh, boy, Troy Wansing and then that freshman, Justin Lampkin, some big time pitching performances, um, and, and there's some thought that A&M will benefit from one of those night games. Park plays a little deeper, according to the uh, the Texas A&M coach. Boy, I see his name, and I still want to call him the TCU coach. It's a hard habit <laughs> to break, as Chicago would say. But what is it about that Aggie staff that really seems to be getting it together at the right time? Is this a pretty – is this a deep enough staff to, to you think, you know, challenge and maybe have the possibility of advancing to that super regional, which I believe would be Coral Gables. Well, this could be a coast-to-coast situation for you, going from Stanford straight to Coral Gables. Yeah, and not even that, but we can talk about this in a second. There's the possibility of a Texas-Texas A&M super regional as well, because Texas Mm. is out there in Miami, which, you know, the NCAA committees love to do, uh, pair those two schools together. Um, but the, um, yeah, if you would have asked me a week ago or a week and a half ago before the SEC tournament, if this pitching staff was deep enough, uh, to, to make a run in tournament play, I would have said, absolutely not. The starting pitching has been, uh, bad to atrocious. They've walked, uh, so many batters, you know, at about mm, three quarters of the way through the conference slate, when I was kind of looking at some of these numbers in conference play only, they had over 200 walks hit batters and wild pitches or, you know, free bases uh, in there, which led uh, the whole SEC. They were just all over the place. 
And then for whatever reason that the planets aligned and uh, the, the starting pitching just came out. Now, some parts of it are that the, the, the Met down there in Hoover, where they historically play the SEC tournament, is, is a little bit of a graveyard. They, the wind's blowing in, and, and it keeps balls in the park. But, but it, that's not really even the point. The point is that they weren't walking people. They weren't hitting batters. They weren't throwing wild pitches for the most part. Um, they were throwing strikes, and that's what Jim Schlossnagel and Nate Yeski has been trying to get them to do. The interesting question will be their ace, for the last two years, really, has been Nathan Detmer uh, and a, a, a sinker ball righty who has a good three-four pitch mix and can keep the ball low, typically. But he's had a rough season this year. And when you look at what Juan Singh was able to do, what Justin Lampkin was able to do, yeah, uh, you can throw Will Johnston into that mix. Uh, Detmer might not be uh, starting towards the, the beginning of the the uh, regional there, but yeah. That, that pitching has emerged. It'll just be interesting to see if it's momentum or if it's lightning in a bottle. Yeah, and I like this thing about how some of these uh, Pac-12Xs are, uh, are going back home to play a Pac-12 team. The uh, shortstop Hunter Haas, who I think you all talked to uh, in the, you know, the other day, and then uh, first baseman Jack Moss, who transferred from Arizona State. This is going to be really interesting. And as you said, this Stanford team – is kind of built like an SEC team. Boy, heavy, heavy uh, slug. They uh, they hit the long ball a little bit. But, boy, Stanford's got great history out there. I, I think back when I was a kid, man, I used to want that. I had the Stanford baseball cap. I love the S. I love the way. And even though Stanford's horrible in football now and some of the other sports, they have maintained great baseball. So that's going to be – that's going to be fascinating out there, but it does make for some interesting rivalries, doesn't it, when some of these guys, when they transferred in, go back to places they know well. And quite honestly, that should help the Aggies. Some of these guys have played in this park. A&M, Schlossnagel does not have much history playing at Stanford. I don't think he has any history, really, with it. So uh, I, I think some of that could end up uh, helping them, Travis. Yeah, it's first time Jim Schlossnickel, who's played all over the country, is, is going to be at the the Sunken Diamond at at at, uh, at Stanford. Um, but uh, you got yeah, you got Jack Moss, Hunter Haas, both came from Arizona State. You have Nate Yeski, who coached for a decade at Oregon State and then moved over to Arizona before coming uh, to A and M. And and Michael Early, the hitting coach, was at Arizona. So they have some Pac-12 flavor uh, on that team. But you know they like to mention the Pac-12. The, the majority of the Pac-12 is a, is a traditional, kind of looks like what Cal State Fullerton will present, small ball, bun them over, manufacture runs however possible, uh, throw strikes at the pitchers, kind of a little bit of what you might call old school baseball. Dorito. Like you said, that's SEC baseball. Yeah, Al yeah. Dorito baseball is what, what it is. Stanford is, they, they lead the, 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 the regional and home runs, slugging, hits, just the tops of everything, and then strikeouts, power arm. Uh, ERA, not so much that Cal State Fullerton has some of the, the better pitching numbers there, but they're going to have power arms that are going to strike you out. And you mentioned it, too. Uh, they were talking about how the ballpark plays, you know, right there kind of near the coast, uh, up in the north uh, northwest uh, with the little bit cooler temperatures in the day. The ball will travel, but at night when it gets a little bit cooler, it, it, can, it can really turn the way the ballpark plays. And I think for an A&M pitching staff, that's still – building momentum having that night game is is might be an advantage if that ball isn't going to travel as far 
Sunken Diamond. Man, work that into your stories as much as possible. All right, that sounds that sounds like a lot of fun. You're going to need to pack up kind of a, a, a some pullovers. I mean, that is not a place where it gets real warm in the evening. I mean, it, it's not even warm during the day. So pack, you know, pack an extra layer than you think you'll need, and don't be running around in shorts, Travis. You love shorts, okay? And uh, <laughs> I've seen that in action. Put a pair of pant- jeans or something in that you'll feel comfortable in, because you never know you might be exposed to the elements a little bit. Travis Brown joining us, Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas, from the Eagle in Bryan College Station. Uh, have you turned an eye to Destin? Florida to see what's going on where those SEC folks are all getting together and uh, the commissioner was talking about I've never heard such a debate by the way this thing is how long has this been going on is it going to be eight conference games or nine conference games that is the longest running debate I have ever heard and now the latest thing they're talking about tampering oh my goodness tampering in college football who would have ever imagined something like that might happen and uh and your man billy napier over there from florida saying quote there's no doubt tampering is real and i think that until there's something done about it i think you'll continue to see it does anybody tamper like with a&m's roster they put together that incredible talent obviously for the 2022 class but does it does it happen to the big-time schools like that with, with maybe talented guys but that are a little disgruntled. How much tampering have you kind of heard whispers about when it comes to the big, bad SEC? I mean, I, I know of one player uh, that, that, that I have talked to on, on a background basis who, who, while they were still on A&M's roster, did receive some offers from some other places. Um, so it, it, it does happen. And it's something that Jimbo Fisher loves to go on a soapbox about when you talk about, uh, the transfer portal and, and, you know, anytime you earlier, when we wanted to talk to him about his take on the transfer portal and getting kids, he immediately would deflect and talk about, well, how many people the transfer portal is difficult because by the time the, the schools like us who are doing it right, uh, go to approach the kid the right way, he's already been, talked to by someone he already knows where he's going and 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 things like that so it's a thing that coaches love to talk about that is that is definitely for sure because it is um it is certainly something that any coach who maybe doesn't like the transfer portal doesn't like the way doesn't isn't, isn't good at the transfer portal maybe can can hide behind but i mean yes do i think that uh coaches as soon as they're hearing rumblings of a guy might not be happy they might be reaching out to his high school coach or whatever, but that would be that, that, that kind of stuff is happening was happening before the transfer, before there was the one year eligibility rule coaches reaching out to finding third parties, ways to get to players to, to let them know that there would be interest. That's, that's happened since, since, you know, yeah. uh, you were a young reporter uh, in this, <laughs> uh, in this world. So not long um, ago, not that long no, ago. Yeah, you're right. It was just, 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 just a few, few years ago. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's something I, I do think that the biggest news or not news that's going to come out of this is the scheduling thing because they've been talking about that as long as the the Baptists and the Methodists have been trying to race themselves to the to the Eaton Hole after church uh, every Sunday. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's I, I think the only real way to go is nine games, 
I mean, you want to preserve a bunch of those rivalries. Uh, it was proven that the SEC teams can handle it in 2020 when they went 10 SEC games, and that was yeah. the entire season. Everyone's going to make more money, and we all know this is a this is all about money. Um, so I don't see why there's so much consternation ab- about it. It it ultimately they should arrive at at nine games. I think that's what'll happen. Uh, I'm sure Jimbo's been asked about this uh, ad nauseum, and uh, the Missouri coach. This is about the only thing time you'll mention Missouri football is their coach actually huh. said something interesting today about uh, his brother being a pediatrician and NIL people, uh, uh, players making more than his brother, the pediatrician. And I, I think there's probably more to it uh, when you kind of read in the quote. But, boy, I thought that was interesting, the Missouri coach getting all sorts of attention uh, for his comments and people wanting to point out how much money he makes. Travis, I want to wish you safe travels. Uh, best of luck to the Aggies as they get involved out there on the West Coast, Stanford, Cal State, Fullerton. I mean, that's going to be really interesting. That fog will come rolling in in the evening. That's going to be interesting to see how those Ags perform in that type of environment. Have a great time and, and make sure you put those jeans in, okay? Will do. All right, there he goes, Travis Brown from the Eagle. All right, uh, covers there at Bryan College Station. We got a big, uh, we got 